0: Welcome back to Office Hours, a theater podcast. My name is Michael and I'm joined as always by Aries. Hello. And Josh. Hey y'all. All right. And this week we are coming back to complete our discussion on The American Dream, which of course was a hour long show that we were writing in order to do a French festival tour circuit of sorts. Last week we discussed probably the first seven or so months about to from yeah, about September probably to, like to May of the development of the project, which dealt with coming up with the idea and so on and so forth. And so for this week, we are going to be jumping straight into the transitions, which we mentioned a little bit at the end of the episode, I believed, and hopefully we will hit the end, uh, or I guess <laughs> where the show is now, and we won't have to do a third episode. So just jumping right in where we left off, we left off at the transitions. And the transition was a—it was an interesting period. You may or may not remember if you watched last week's episodes, but we mentioned that Egri, who was the, what would you call him? the writer, the person who's writing ideas or writing concepts that we were using, but he was very big on how characters change from moment to moment throughout the show. Mm -hmm. Making sure that those were spaced out properly, that they were not too fast, not too slow, and that they all Mm -hmm. built up to proving the premise of the show to be correct. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we really jumped into was finding who our pivotal character would be, the character B that would essentially prove what we were trying to say, and then making sure that we could get them from point A, where they start at the beginning of the play, to point B, where they needed to be in order for people to hopefully get to the end of the show and say, I know what they're talking about. I know what they're trying to say.
1: Mm-hmm. Plotting the transitions was one of my favorite parts of the process. I mean, it was kind of like the skeleton of the story. And frankly, even as we plotted it out, it started to look like the skeleton of the story. It was a beautiful bridge between these characters that we had started to create and the ideas that we had going into what the premise of the story was. I really enjoyed that part of the process.
0: I definitely was very involved. <laughs> part of the process. Yeah. And I think the most involved thus far, even doing the bone structures, while there were decisions being made, we're certainly making decisions. I think there was less, I don't know, less thought. Mm-hmm. Is it the, I don't know if that's the best way to say it, but <laughs> when it comes to like really discussing you know, what's happening, what do we want to show, how these characters should develop. I think really jumping into the transitions and trying to figure those things out is what allowed us to, as you said, see the story start to take shape see the story come to fruition after so long of a buildup i mean again Mm -hmm. it was months we didn't we did months and months of essentially prep work without knowing a hundred percent i think is the best way to say we always had ideas from before we were using egoty to even as we were building the characters we kind of had ideas of where things would go how certain characters would interact or what they would be interested in, what they would be trying to accomplish. But yeah, I think once we had to plot the transitions, it was like, well, you need to make this decision now. Now, almost a hundred percent, you need to know what's gonna happen. Although not a hundred percent, right? When we move forward into writing the scenes, we'll be able to talk about how it wasn't like you did the transitions and it was like, all right, everything a hundred percent is already plotted out. Now you just have to give words to everything there was still a ton of room for creativity, for a split of how we could all see it, which we figured out later. So yeah, it's a very interesting process because it was making decisions, but not necessarily locking us Mm -hmm. into anything too specific. It was kind of that perfect balance, right? You can't have too many options. Otherwise, nothing will ever happen, but you can't have absolutely nothing to work off.
1: Where did we start with the transitions? Did I mean, did we work like from the beginning beginning forward? Or did we start at the beginning and end and kind of fill in the middle?
0: Well, the thing was, going back to the bone structure, we already talked about having the show have its own premise, right? right? This kind of like grand snapshot synopsis of what we would be talking oh, about. that's
1: right. We gave um, each character a premise.
0: Well, yeah, each character had to have a premise as well by the bone structure, which was pretty hard, mm-hmm. I think, trying to line those things up. But essentially what we did is we kind of used those premises as, I think, the basis, especially for where the characters started, I think those were especially useful for kind of knowing, all right, where do we want these characters to begin? And then definitely just knowing where we wanted the show overall to end Mm -hmm. and knowing what role each character was playing, who was the protagonist, who was the antagonist and who was that character that was going to change so much helped set up where we needed certain characters to end. So I believe the first character whose transitions we plotted was the farmer, our character who we knew already at that point, we knew he was going to change the most. We knew where we wanted him to start. We knew we kind of wanted him to be a moral character. And of course, we knew where the play had to end. So we knew, well, this character is the one that changes the most. We know that the antagonists and the protagonists are going to need to keep their core values. So when we're talking about, and again, uh, as a reminder, our premise at that time was power perverts morality. We kind of knew, okay, this character's morality needs to be changed in some kind of significant way by the end. And so having those two places, the start, right? The bond structure says, this is a pretty moral character for all of the reasons that we had. Uh And the actual premise of the show says, well, this character can't be so moral. This character needs to have a change or a shift at the end. That kind of set up two poles. And the transitions were all about how do you get to the poles in a manner that's timely, but also that makes sense. And I mean, that's always the toughest thing. The toughest thing was always how do you make it make sense? What's too fast? What's too little? Because there wasn't a guide for that. Equity right. never says, yeah, you need seven transitions <laughs> for your pivotal character, or you need 13, or you need something like that. So we kind of had to figure out for ourselves based on, one, the time that we had. I mean, it's easily could have been a two-hour show, or it could have been a one-hour show. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we are trying to go to French festivals, most French festivals, want you to do something around 45 to an hour I unless they specify otherwise but often that specification can come with an additional cost or something like mm-hmm. that i don't think we saw any of that were like yeah you need a two-hour show no and many i don't think we
1: could have a two-hour show or at least enough so of course we were shooting for an hour we had to keep that in mind and the transitions for each character kind of became then the laid out transition for the entire show And one thing that I think was helpful in what we were doing is we we just used kind of a a whiteboard function on the computer. And I mean, we were still working at this point for the most part remotely. And so we had this whiteboard and and started plotting out on a timeline basically, what the transitions might look like for each character and then lining them up so we can see how that actually interacts for the full plot. And I think for me doing that visually was super helpful. And we ended up, I think landing on, what, 14? I think 14 show plot transitions? I mean, I don't even know what what we want to call those segments. But that's in the current last iteration here. But we went through several iterations each week as mm-hmm. things would kind of change and grow. I wonder, would it have been easier to do more or less? I mean, I don't know if, we, mm-hmm. if we've if we settled on the right amount of transitions. I wonder if maybe that just kind of was how it worked out for the story that we were putting together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think it's story dependent. Mm-hmm. And I think if we ever decided, okay, we need less, we need more. It's something we would never even know until we had the full drafts, mm-hmm. which is another interesting part, which I think people that actually write plays are like, yeah, that's that's a part of it writing and rewriting is yeah. the whole thing maybe but for a bit of time for us to not be writing at the same time there was quite a bit of guessing going on And maybe this is enough the game of how do you justify or determine that a change or transition doesn't happen too fast is definitely what dominated my thoughts in the beginning of it and during that process it's weird because a lot of the time and i think this again when, once we really start talking about the writing process and all of our individual iterations of it i think this is where the possibility for split does exist when you're doing this with two other people or three mm. people total as we were versus using the system for yourself, because there's just some degree of prediction of what the show will look like that you have to do. I feel like as much as we tried to just focus on the things we're focusing on just plot the transitions and not write the show yet to some degree, writing the show kind of in, in my mind was how I could make a guess on this is too much of the, this is not enough. Yeah or this is sufficient, this does make sense, this is logical. A person would get from part A to part B in this amount of time. Although thinking about it now, that's also why the bone structure is so important because I think a bit of it is you know, theorizing, oh, would this person do this? Obviously two different people, might jump to conclusions at completely different paces. And so one character, you can say, no, it would take them many, many steps to get to point B, but another character, based on their mental state and what they think and how aggressive or whatever they are, they might jump to point B immediately, and that might also make sense. So that kind of makes sense how those things connect and how those things play off of each mm-hmm. other. Um, so definitely easy to see why Eggy supports things and pushes them the way that he does. I do think it connects very well. Although I've thinking about it, I don't think there was a list
1: where he was like, do this first and then do this second. I imagine that would just be so difficult to come up with. I mean, there were so many parts of our process that it felt like almost a split in a road, you know, where either way will take you to a different outcome. But it didn't necessarily seem like we always knew what we would encounter on each road, whether one would be more difficult, or ultimately it didn't really seem like we wouldn't have the possibility of arriving at a certain outcome. And I think because we were going into it with a bit of an experimental mindset as well, I think there wasn't anything that really kept us from thinking, okay, could we go back to the intersection and take the other road if we need to? But at times, I mean, there was just so many options that what Igri was able to do in the bone structure and frankly, even just the idea of the premise is remarkable in how foundational and not over detailed. I mean, it doesn't overcomplicate it. And I think that was kind of helpful as far as laying the groundwork for then what we were able to work on top of. We were able to set the steps of the process. I think that was hard though, because I definitely anticipated working with a lot of the suggestions that Igri gave. And I thought that would lead us to something that at certain point, it's like, okay, it becomes obvious exactly what we need to write and exactly how it's going to fall together. I'm not saying that we weren't interested in putting in some hard work, but I mean, even even the way that each character had a transition that really did fit with our full show premise. That was something that now looking back, what we've come up with seems obvious. I have pulled it up here. The farmer's transition was moral to selfish. John Henry's transition was moral to standing against evil. And then the trickster's transition was influencing corruption to influencing corruption. And when we look at how those each feed into our global premise, power perverts morality, to me, it's like almost obvious now looking at it. But that was a discussion that was formed by all of the work that we put into the bone structures and then I mean even just getting to the place where we were able to define some of these transitions for the characters took a long time and it was a lot of experimenting with words and experimenting with ideas that looking back was was really challenging but I think that did help us understand the characters even more which I appreciate the emphasis that he did put on character development Mm -hmm. because it makes sense for what he was trying to theorize about how he feels a script can be generated.
0: I come back to the idea, to some degree, we had to just make it make sense as much as we could and if it needed to change, it had to, or we'd figure it out, or it would make itself obvious to us. And I think that's really quite a strong element of his concept is that I think as long as you adhere to it, or as long as you understand what you're supposed to be doing it'll become a little more easily clear to you when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> when you're not succeeding at, at what you want, it makes itself apparent to you, which is very useful. Because otherwise I think when you jump in the writing process or jump in this figuring out process for even doing the transitions, there's only so much you can go off of in the moment, right? Without like completely stalling the process. Mm-hmm. You can't really just try and figure everything out and make everything perfect otherwise you completely become stagnant and, and you can't move forward mm-hmm. there's quite a bit of value in being able to go back and relook at things and decide am i succeeding And what i'm trying to do and i think his system really if, you, if you're paying attention to it and, and if you think you understand it it'll make it clear to you whether or not you're succeeding even in again that idea of the premise of your entire show of that snapshot synopsis and you can just go back to those individual words, right? Power perverts morality. Is there sufficient power in the script? Right? Do people actually have power? How is power being represented? Is it power or is it something else? And I think that just shows how important that writing process did end up being for us <laughs> discovering things. Yeah. I believe I mentioned it to Aries, uh just to give an example. I believe I mentioned it to Aries, but I don't know if I mentioned it to you, Josh. At one point, this is during the second draft, though not the first, mm-hmm. I changed the premise in my mind. Oh, really? Uh, because you? it mm-hmm. wasn't yeah, because it wasn't sufficient. And and again it came from that writing. Yeah. That that process of trying to write and accomplish what we said we were going to accomplish, right? We had a goal and we put it up on a pedestal and we had to adhere to it. We had yeah. to succeed. And in trying to do that, it made it much more obvious when I was finally like, Well, where's the power? as we're mm. thinking of power, mm-hmm. right? What, what power does this character have specifically as it relates to the farmer, which is a character that we very pointedly didn't give power. We didn't make him this powerful figure. We made him a much easier figure to forget, someone who's kind of standard, someone who's kind of normal, kind of average, like your average citizen today, mm-hmm. like your average citizen in America. And so to say that it was power that changed him, didn't make sense unless we gave him power. And it didn't ever seem like we were giving it power. And in the time that we had allotted. We did have something set up to cause that change, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we did, otherwise we couldn't have moved on at all. Yep. But I just, at some point was like, well, that thing's not power. And so what is that thing? Mm. And it became more clear to me that I, I think it was more self-interest, which I still think I is true. Yeah. And I, I think there's that mix between people who have power having self-interest, but people who don't have power also have self-interest. And so I just, I just think it was more specific. It was more correct overall, mm-hmm. right? Because we didn't want to talk about people with power being self-interested. Mm-hmm. And yet, that's just not what we had as a character. We didn't give that character right. that power while we were writing the show. And in my opinion, I think the way we wrote the character was the way we wanted the character, right? right. We had so many discussions on how do you create this idea? How do we talk about how morality changes for people based on what they want right this idea that people aren't actually going for what's 100% moral 100% Mm -hmm. moral quote unquote but they're putting more weight on what they want than what's the best for everybody even though that might not be the best for them and we have so many discussions on well how do you make that not someone else's fault right because the fear of course being people being able to say or even us being able to say well It wasn't their fault because of X reason and Y reason, yada, yada, and especially with the trickster character, we don't want everyone to be able to blame it purely on this character. So I didn't think once I found, okay, well, power's not really in play here. I didn't think the rest of the plot is what we wanted to change. Mm -hmm. I just felt like, okay, maybe power's not what we wanted to talk about. And it makes sense. I mean, obviously when we were first working with premise and first working with equity, I mean, I just brought that to y'all, right. And we just kind of had to brainstorm right then and right there in that moment. when mm-hmm. we didn't have all of the things that we learned by working through the process. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact of the matter is just the system itself forced us to constantly be thinking about what we're trying to do and constantly be re- reworking the system. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a problem at all that the premise should change or that. I felt that it changed. It's more important that it is recognizable, right? That we can see, oh, something is different. There's a way for us to be a little more accurate in thinking about what we're trying to accomplish. And I think the system itself allowed us to do that, which I think was extraordinarily beneficial
1: your point about finding more specificity was really important too. I think every time we had discussions about some of these topics that are not globally understood or that there might not be definitive answers and yet there were things that we were trying to intellectually engage within our piece, the more discussions that we had, the clearer it became for ourselves, the more specific that we could be, the better it was for the script. And I think that's one thing that was a big lesson that we enjoyed learning throughout our time in college, because whether it's stuff that we're watching or things that we're creating, the more specific that we can be, oftentimes the easier it is to have an audience engage in discussion about it. The clearer choices that you can make. One of the things that, that we really look at is engaging the extremes and not playing the middle. We wanted the audience to engage in multiple different ways, wanted it particularly to be something that they can intellectually engage with, but something that they could possibly even hold up a mirror to themselves or a mirror to society to be able to think about what we were discussing there's ways that we were almost okay with pushing people's buttons by taking things to an extreme where they would be forced to question whether or not this was something that they felt was appropriate or define them or people that they know, possibly. And I think the more that we pushed it, the more we felt confident that it would engage the audience in that way.
0: So now that we've talked about trying to transition from the transitions into actually writing the play and and the discoveries that that helped us make, let's talk about writing in general. So we can just pull the room now for the first draft to talk a little about how we chose scenes for the transitions. I mean, there's some degree that we kind of had to guess or had to imagine a little bit what the story would be to justify Mm -hmm. those transitions themselves. So there were a few options that we had thought of interactions between characters that we had dreamed up to be catalysts for the changes that we needed to make happen. I don't know, it seems kind of, not anticlimactic, it just doesn't seem as glamorous as it should be, but for the most part, I really just used those to split them up. somewhat French scene-like, right? Uh, If they were between certain characters, it would become its own scene. If a character left and another character entered, that would be a different scene. Mostly it was using... Character interaction, as well as potential action that we thought might need to happen if we thought a a certain transition needed to accompany a very specific event. Those kind of became the scenes. And really, after typing those up, it was just like hoping that that would be sufficient and we wouldn't need any additional scenes. Other than the scenes denoted by the transitions themselves. For the most part, we succeeded. I don't think we added any other scenes besides, I think, the opening scene and then Mm the 15th scene which mm. never existed, never <laughs> officially existed, but filled the spot of this uh, imaginary endpoint if we felt like we wanted a final image. We never really uh, decided if we wanted a final image to leave with the audience
1: or... Well, and I think we were contemplating how we wanted to structure the audience's narrative experience throughout the piece, and specifically through the inclusion of some sort of narrative figure. At one point, we had been talking about things that could be more forum theater focused and whether or not that was a place where we wanted to start the piece and end the piece, or whether that's something that we wanted to allow to happen throughout, or whether we wanted to integrate that into the characters somehow. And I think in some ways we were reserving that role to be used to help smooth the lines between scenes, or to accomplish something that would need to be accomplished if there was something that we've glazed by too quickly, but really need to make sure that the audience gets that point before continuing. There were definitely things that we thought might be integrated into the piece later on, even if we hadn't necessarily decided exactly what they were at that point.
0: Yes, we tried to split up as best as we could, and then assigned scenes with 15 scenes, mm-hmm. quote unquote, picked about five each. The way that we split them up was also kind of, you know, it kind of all over the place at mm-hmm. the same time too. I think some people had scenes that they wanted, other scenes we just like, if it was a character you were playing, uh, since we had already beat up the roles, since it could only be a three man mm-hmm. show. You know, someone might pick uh, a scene just because their character is in it or their character is the most prominent of the two characters in it, Did that be based on dialogue or action. But the point being, we split it up five scenes each. And then we just kind of went away. And so that is definitely where all of the <laughs> interesting questions and, and moments and ideas came from. I mean, that was the first time for the show creation that we had to go make major decisions. On our own instead of in a group of three now why we did that is obvious it took us months to do all the pre-show stuff yeah. as a group of three meeting twice a week admittedly not like we met every week or met multiple times throughout the week but with the time frame that we had allotted it took quite a bit of time to do it as three and so for time's sake it seemed at the moment like the best thing to do is for us all to go off right around scenes then come them back together, and as a group once again, then we could start to workshop and edit and put them back in line. And so, let's talk about the first process of going off by ourselves and writing the scenes. So, uh, as I said, let's just pull the room. How did everyone feel once they had those scenes? Once they started working on putting those scenes together for the first draft?
1: I mean, I, it was a lot. The hardest thing was transitioning from a place where it was easy to know what other people felt about a certain idea because when we were making decisions before, we were in the same room per se and going off and doing things on our own. I think there were a lot of risks that were important to take that each of us did with a lot of our different scenes, but they were risks that often took a lot more like self-gassing up almost to say, okay, here's a creative choice that I could pursue here but I don't know if it's going to fit with something that other people have created, and every choice, even if it was a small choice, did kind of feel like, oh, I'm taking some chance, or is this something that I do want to be more specific on, or is this something where I can keep it generic enough that it will more likely be compatible? And that was crazy to try to think about all the different options, and then weigh how your piece is going to stand among the rest, especially when We knew that this was moving away from the direction of being a cabaret style thing where things exist on their own, but rather something that these characters are interwoven between these different scenes. So that was definitely a challenge. At the same time, I was working on putting up another show and there was something that definitely made me gravitate towards the show that was already written that I could make more decisive choices on versus a lot of the choices that I felt like I was able to make while writing this script were much more aloof and I knew that most of the choices that I would be making are things that would need to change and so that was hard because at times I was just trying to get motivation just to put something down on the page and I often don't like doing that because it feels like am I not putting my best foot forward am I yeah it was a very complex process how was it for you guys?
2: What I didn't anticipate was how much decisions needed to be made about other people's scenes that I wasn't writing that would affect the scenes that I was writing. And so, which I think, I mean, it resulted in us basically writing three different plays. <laughs> Even though all of us didn't write all of the scenes for our draft or for our version of the show, we initially had thought up everything because of the decisions that we had made in our scenes, affected decisions that would have needed to be made in other scenes that we weren't writing. And so I think that was the most difficult part for me. So it was like, okay, if I introduce this element in this one scene, but then Michael never mentions it in a scene previous, you know, then like there's no there's no preceding domino. And so something has to give or something has to change. And then we also just see that where the priorities were. And so I think also just seeing in the way that we wrote our scenes, we each were really prioritizing different things or prioritizing this element of the show, of the plot, of specific characters. That was really interesting, but just a difficult part of the process as a whole.
1: When I think we thought at that point, before we had split off and started to write our own scripts. I think we thought that we had made so many decisions already that this process was gonna be easier because we had, I'll put in quotes here, it solidified a lot of these different points along the way. But I don't think I had anticipated how many more decisions there were to make at that point.
2: Yeah, or just how we interpreted the decisions that were made. So, I mean, mm. we had the big fiasco with where the transitions fell. Some of us thought we were writing a scene on this transition and actually needed to be a transition for another scene
0: until mm-hmm. so, like mm-hmm. we
2: had that big we were like oh yeah it was just like, like we each three of us were looking at the transitions and how they fell out in the scenes very differently which is where we cre- had to create the new transition plot which then lined up everything cohesively
1: well that was something that we discovered after well after, after we the first been, draft after the first draft yeah
2: it was interesting because we all just write very differently and prioritize different things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as we as we learned, just
0: the prediction game is tough. Mm. And it's pretty much impossible
2: because
0: of even all the many decisions that you can make. The small changes or the small ideas you have, whether it's based on sometimes bad things. That we're interested in doing right it talks about like memorial if we had someone bring out a memorial that's almost like a mini scene yeah. in between scenes but it's like how do you stop everything to text everybody if you don't if you don't call everybody and figure everything out it's kind of like can i make this decision Or if, if i do obviously other people are going to have to make some sort of change to accommodate it, or we'll just have to discuss it after I've already made it. And maybe I'll have to change my scene to accommodate it. And so, yeah, definitely, that was probably the biggest new obstacle that I would say, I don't think anybody quite thought of. I mean, I just wrote my scenes. We said, everybody's scenes. I just wrote my scenes. Mm-hmm. I wrote my scenes. I wasn't thinking about predicting or setting anything up for anybody else. Or if I was, I was setting it up for somebody else, but I was just, really, it was just setting it up for me, right? I was setting it up for how I would write. Mm. somebody else's scene because to be fair that's all i can do i can't can't completely predict how someone completely different would write a scene it's funny because we actually didn't expect that but we got some experience with that because that's what we saw a lot of going back to the fables and the folktales mm. i believe i actually had two or three versions of the same folktale written differently in my research yeah. and so it's kind of funny because it's like yeah, well, obviously we actually had evidence of how the same idea with three different people can come out differently. Yeah, and yeah, I think pretty realistically, we didn't consider that for ourselves. Before we move on to talking a little bit more about the, the complete first draft feedback, we did open it up. Six, like we gave ourselves a month, right? For the for the five scenes, something like that, or to mm-hmm. the end of the month of May. And so we had obviously meetings in between then and that deadline. And there was the possibility of showing how we were doing and what scenes we were working on. So I'd like to talk about what that process was like because full transparency, I was never showing anything. It was never in my plans. I was never going to do it. Hmm. And so for those of you that did, did anybody else? Or was it just Aries? I know Aries did. Did you end up showing hmm. anything, Josh, before the deadline?
1: Yeah, but it was just the first scene.
0: So, yeah. so y'all go ahead and talk about I, think. I don't know that was like. Even I think even presenting something. I mean, I was just like, I'm not, I'm not trying to have, uh, yeah. Until I'm ready to, until I feel it's at its most ready. Because I might finish a scene and still want to go back and work on it or finish it and finish another scene and say, oh, I'm gonna go back and change something." Mm. So that's why I was like, unless I'm a hundred percent, a thousand percent done, even if I have something that conceivably people could look at, I'm probably not going to show it so what was that like for you guys how did you think about having or whether or not you wanted to show wanted to show something and and how did you feel like after you after you did show it and after we talked about it Uh,
2: for me it was my way of I don't know we had done a lot of talking and a lot of planning and a lot of talking a lot of planning but I still wasn't feeling anything like okay still just really confused about which direction we wanted to go and what it was going to look like And just feel like there were like a lot of options on the table and just too many uncertainties and so sharing things was my way to say okay to give me a better idea of which direction to go it's like okay what are people feeling to get more of your ideas on like what's gonna make it meaningful or what we want to prioritize and so i was like okay i'll write this and then i shared it and then to see what you guys were like okay and I like this, or I don't like this, or this is what I'm getting from it, and this is not what I want to prioritize. And so I think that I did that, like, what, three times? I think I did it, like, three or four times, something like that. A couple of the scenes I would just, like, write different versions of, and so I would show it, and then, okay, I didn't like it, and then I would come back and write a different version, or I would start writing a version that I didn't like, and then not show the version I didn't like, and then show another version that I did end up liking. And so, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know it's difficult. Um, it's it's a vulnerable process. Just like not necessarily like needing approval, but just the idea of just Okay, here's something, do we like it, do we not like it? And then to hear people's initial reactions to it. But then you also have people it's like, okay, well I think it should be done like this, or I think this scene needs to prioritize be prioritized this way, or I think this scene needs to focus on this, which I think from the beginning just seeing the different interpretations that we each were expecting from different scenes. And it's like, okay, well, well, that's not how I was thinking this scene would go. And here's what I'm missing from the scene or because this is how I would write the scene. So that was interesting, recognizing that through the process as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think feedback was a really interesting thing in this environment because it wasn't like giving feedback to somebody else for their piece it was it was giving feedback that ultimately would be affecting the piece that we were creating kind of as a hive mind and that was especially challenging because normally when you're giving critique to somebody else they kind of have the ultimate say of whether or not that that type of feedback is something that they do want to incorporate or oftentimes you're able to engage that person on why they were going for you know specific things and and we get to be able to evaluate a bit as the audience ourselves whether or not we feel that what the artist was trying to communicate is actually coming across but because it was something that all three of us were working on. It was as if we were inclined to give feedback that we would normally give to ourselves, but it was feedback that was being given to somebody else. And I I know for me in particular, I'm often way more harsh about critiquing something that I'm creating until it gets to a place where I'm pleased with it. But I won't necessarily give that same level of detail and feedback to well, I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that's true, but I, I think for me, the the reason I wanted to share more was because I thought that it was something that was really important, and I know how it was helpful for me to hear what other people were working on because it started to influence somewhat how I was thinking and constructing my own scenes. A bit in style, but also open up different possibilities of things I maybe wasn't thinking before. I know I definitely felt very limited by design and image, which is where my main creation background in theater really comes from. So even just hearing one of Michael's scenes at the very beginning, just a line, something about the farmer interacting with his crops, to me, I felt like I really had to think through well, how is this visual? going to take place on stage before I felt comfortable putting it into my script rather than just saying, okay, I can come back to that and figure that out later and not letting it be kind of a stumbling block. So I wanted to be able to bring pieces, partly because it's a way to help keep myself accountable to make sure I am not just getting stuck on these little details, but I'm actually delivering something. And in that that worked to some degree, but i I do think I was I was stuck on a lot of little details because, I would just kind of let my brain wander to try to see, well, can I settle on something that's right? Rather than put something on the paper that then can have another iteration to it or another version. To fix something that's not working, I almost felt like I needed to have something that worked before I could show it to you guys, which I think was one of the big barriers for us in the writing process. I think next time we could do the feedback and sharing process better having had this experience. Well, I don't necessarily know what better is, but I think possibly just knowing what is important to people throughout the writing and feedback process as we approach the first draft. Because I think that was something that we were discovering along the way.
2: Yeah, and I think like if I had known, I think if I had known that like just, I think what people needed from the feedback or what they're planning on sharing before the actual draft um, would have helped a little bit more. Like, I'm thinking of Michael specifically, just like with, like, if I had known earlier, it was like, oh, like, you know, I don't have any intention to share anything before the draft. It was like, okay, cool. Well then, okay. Then I'm not trying to wait or try to figure it out or or like, hey, can I see the scene or pry or anything like that?
1: I know one of the things that the three of us have occasionally had discussions about is at, at times kind of proving to each other that we can sufficiently contribute what we're we're working towards and I think there are times that at times we can get into our heads to think is is this the right path that we're moving on is this is this really the place where we can contribute the best and especially for me like I wanted to put my best writing forth and feeling like even the the draft process wasn't as perfect as I would want it to be. It was hard to deliver to you guys because I, I think both of you are, are incredible writers. And so that was also a bit of a, a difficult thing too because this wasn't delivering something to a professor for a grade. This was delivering something to, to other artists as your kind of small contribution for something that you guys were creating together. And even though we all had a mutual understanding that these were works in progress, it still was challenging to set that aside. At what point did we start to understand how much of a challenge it was writing as this kind of conglomerate of three?
2: I think it really set in after the first draft was done, like when we had that meeting to go through. So we finished the first draft and then we all read it by ourselves um, to start taking notes of just like inconsistencies among the scenes of just like, okay, so like, in one scene, if somebody says somebody has a dog, And then the scene before, there's never a mention of a dog, like things, just finding things that were inconsistent, that purely hypothetical, but finding things that were inconsistent between the two scenes or plot holes or things like that. And it was like a six hour meeting. and It was just really, really, I mean, that was when we found out that like, the way we were thinking of the transitions were off and just there were just a lot of things that needed to be changed and then trying to figure out which direction to go.
0: Yeah, the, the meeting was definitely a, a turning point uh, just because then going into the second draft, now we're going understanding a little bit better that there is or that there will be those differences in uh, how people will write things. And I think that's what really pushed the the need to always be aware of the changes, even the even the individual, even the really, really tiny changes that we were making in the writing, because I think we just had a better understanding of the fact that those changes affect everyone else. Yeah, and so that's when I, yeah, I would say the second the second draft is really when I started to come to terms. Come to terms with, isn't even the best. but I would say the second draft was harder. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all also have the best, but not the best. If y'all also have the same uh, opinion. Yeah, I feel like with the first draft, I could just kind of bang out what I wanted to bang out and, and be done with it. But I think for the second draft, you really had to had to figure out what other people wanted to do or had to make sure that you weren't doing something that was too outlandish or, or too crazy or too off the mark. And I think one reason for that is because it. I think back when we started, the thought process was, okay, we'll all write separately. We'll come back, we'll figure out where the inconsistencies are, and then we'll fix them. Mm-hmm. And, and period, big period, and that was <laughs> the end, right? And then when you get to the second draft, you're like, oh, it's not like there's nothing else to to deal with or nothing else to figure out. It's not like, oh, well, we noted all the inconsistencies and we went through and we made decisions. decision. So now we'll just write and everything will line up perfectly for all three of us. And now it'll be like we're writing with one singular month. And that's just not true. And that's just not the situation that we had. And so, yeah, I think going into the second writing, even the smallest things made me think, maybe I'm going to throw everybody off or maybe no one else is thinking this. Hmm. Should I call and talk to people or should I not? Right? It was almost almost like paralyzing because it's like, can I make a decision without throwing off everyone else's decision? I don't know what that time travel effect is when you do that. But like, it's like the butterfly flapping its wings mm-hmm. in one part of the world, causing a, to- a tornado in another part. It's like, can I make any decision? It's also like thinking, like, everyone else is writing at the same time, or are they pushing me further away too at mm. the same time? Right? Like, am I pushing people further away? Am I pushing people off of their mark? But also, are they pushing me off of my mark? Am I writing something and it's going to become obsolete? Because I think I just had a, a better understanding of, hey, there's no way you can we can possibly all be on the same page Uh there's just no way writing it completely separately that we could ever always be on the same page and so i think again at the start we thought okay we'll we'll get the feedback from the first draft and and that'll put a period on it Mm -hmm. and we'll know how exactly to be completely aligned with one another but i think writing really in that second draft phase i was just super aware of like I know we're pushing, I, I know we're on different levels. I know we're on different wavelengths mm-hmm. and I know there's no way for us to do so, or to get on track without always talking to each other. Yeah. So that's what made the writing process for the second draft phase for me, a lot more difficult, mm-hmm. even just theoretically. I think even it's just like thinking it, thinking we've got to be off. Yeah. We we've got to be in different places. We have to be, cause I, we've done it before and I kind of know. Not that I think that's the best way to have thought about it. I won't say like that's, I don't want to suggest like that's perfect. Like that was the perfect way to think about it. I think to some degree, there's some, it's almost like paranoia in that sense, mm-hmm. where it's like too, you probably thinking too much that we're going to be completely off. Realistically, hopefully, if we had completely finished the second draft and then done the second draft feedback, we would have a lot less things to change than the first draft feedback. But I think... It, i just never felt like we would have ever been in line and i feel like it made it really really hard to to write with confidence Mm -hmm. and and to confidently create something and to to confidently make discoveries and be willing to say "Ooh, this is this is fun or you were cool let me go back and do this Mm -hmm. in fact i have a i have a quote in front of me that i wrote well quote quote unquote but i have something in front of me that i wrote that was a discovery for the john henry character and i it's like well, if, you, if that's a big enough discovery for me to go back and change how he interacts in, in a number of my scenes, now I have to change how he interacts in everybody's scenes. Mm-hmm. How this might be very important to me, but how far will it push everybody away? Me changing the premise might be very important, but <laughs> if I don't tell everybody and then everybody rewrites their scenes, if they have to, there's no guarantee you have to. But if everyone has to rewrite their scene to, to align it with that, And they don't because i don't tell them then we're going to get to the second feedback session and still have problems so i think that's what made it hard for that's what made that second that second draft Mm -hmm. a much more difficult situation and it was very frustrating and you know add that in with the regular procrastination that we have i'm not gonna lie and feel like i was going crazy from Mm -hmm. the time the first feedback session ended and completely completely charting everything out i mean some scenes got done the the day before the day before they were supposed to be due but I think I don't think that was ever the main problem mm-hmm. right I mean we, we worked in those conditions before we went to college for four mm-hmm. years so we we we've created a decent piece of work <laughs> not on the time frame that we should have before so yeah I think that, uh, I, I do think the things we mentioned were but the things I mentioned were the the main issues
1: mm-hmm. I think setting deadlines for herself was something that was was valuable throughout the process. And I suppose if, if anybody else is listening who is curious about writing with multiple people, I think we would <laughs> possibly encourage some planning with multiple people, but but some of the writing part to <laughs> to discourage that being split up, at least in the way that we did. But uh, I, I do think setting deadlines is, is something that was very important for us. I think once we got to the first draft, I think I was definitely aware that there was going to be a third draft, if that makes sense. And, and, and not, like a, not like a minor detail third draft, like a major new iteration third draft. And I think that was something that was hard to kind of wrap my mind around because it was like, we're, we put so much effort into the first one and we were going to put so much effort into the second one. And just knowing that there's going to be so much more effort that needed to kind of continue going into that. And especially all of that effort before we're really getting into some of the later nitty-gritty that we all know comes with actually then putting up a show. Whether it's staging or design or, or direction or dramaturgy. Um, there are so many different parts of a show that we, we would need to dive into even after we had the script finalized. And... So it was it was a bit overwhelming to to feel like how how far are we going to keep pushing it pushing the the final draft back simply by continuing to write separately, which I I'm curious how like musicals are done because like I I feel like I hear a lot of the stuff that ends up on Broadway it's kind of a team of people who are are working together to kind of create these pieces and I, I know obviously you've got your your lyricists in in, in the books and, and the actual music are all written typically by different people but i i'm so curious about what different opportunities for collaboration they focus on than we did mm-hmm.
0: i think and I, I think we can kind of look back i was actually going to ask uh you know what would we say to someone who's creating a a show with multiple people together in terms of how they should That's write a good it question. um because we haven't we we Sadly, we don't have experience with two of the options that I would push you towards, uh, and I would either push you towards just try and write it all through together, which hopefully you are physically together, uh, if you're going to try and do it like that, um, or just give it to somebody and say, Mm -hmm. this is the person we'll entrust to, to write the majority of it. And if we have know ideas, uh, or things to talk about or things to add, we'll tell that person and it will be their job to then figure out how to integrate those things if we all agree on it because even that is when is where your problems arise where we say oh i like this idea and everyone seems to agree but then you have three people go implement it three different ways sadly we can't we can't say one is better than the other because we didn't get to try either or we haven't gotten to try either yet but i think those would be your 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 two options and i i have a sneaking suspicion that's probably how the latter is probably how musical people do it, right? They have someone on book and probably even the person on the book decides where the mute, where the song should be, but then they leave the songs to the song person mm-hmm. and the song person leads, leaves the book to the book person. And obviously I'm just imagining it, but I, I feel like if you're like, all right, we'll put a song here and this is the tone I want, and this is what's happening, surrounding it, right? What's happening in the book surrounding that scene. I think it's, it sounds pretty possible or it feels like it's pretty possible to mm-hmm. make a, a good song that way. Maybe not the other way around, but I mean, I don't do musicals in any way, so I wouldn't know. If you do musicals, hit us up on Twitter. We'll, yeah, we'll drop that into the show. Shows. Let us know. Yeah. But yeah, so that, those would be my two ways, I would think, to suggest to go about it. Yeah, if it's not clear, we would not suggest three people writing separately and then trying to bring that back together.
1: Um, unless it's going to be in like a more cabaret style yeah, things that we're talking kind of about I- independently yeah
0: completely separate pieces right. separate pieces being brought together over a, a theme mm-hmm. obviously that would be easier which important to note fair note <laughs> that is what we thought it would be at some point yeah uh so I, I think to some degree it's just it changed and it morphed into a into a more linear show a singular show uh and we just never got the opportunity to sit back and say, oh, do we need to change how we're thinking about making this? Because we were deep in it at the time. We didn't have the uh, the opportunity to, to, to step back and, and step outside of ourselves and, and look at it with someone else's eyes, which is always extraordinarily helpful, extraordinarily useful. Anything that you want to add, Aries? I know we... It's interesting, I think the the number one thing we were all on the same page on <laughs> was how difficult it was. Yeah, uh, We couldn't get all on the same page about a lot of other things, but I felt like we had a lot of the same ideas about the writing process as we were coming through to the second draft. But yeah, anything uh, that we missed, areas that you were thinking about uh, while you were doing your work?
2: Overall, we learned a lot, so it was overall a, re- a rewarding process. But not to say that it wasn't difficult, and not to say that it won't influence how we work or create new pieces in the future. And so I don't think we'll try it this exact way again, but I do think, you know, we will create new pieces and create more things together in the future. And so just, I'm interested in what are the new processes that we'll figure out or be like, okay, let's try this way. You know, so it's like, if we make a new production, it's like, all right, we're going to try it this way. And let's see how that works to see if we like this to see if this works a little bit better than us like mapping out transitions and splitting it up by scenes and giving a scene to the three of us and then trying to put it all together and make the pieces fit like a weird jigsaw okay. puzzle. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Which I'm mm-hmm. glad we had EGRI from the beginning. Or, sorry. I'm glad we had EGRI because that to me was kind of the new little bit of spice that we were trying out this time. And yeah. and that was exciting to have you know have something that did feel like even though we were a- approaching a production which we've done before, we were approaching it with a new lens and in, in perspective and a new something to try. Granted there were a lot of lot of new things that that we were kind of experimenting with at the same time. I think can be overwhelming when you try to I mean, that's where people often settle into what are the things that I know well and and what are the things that I know I can accomplish and mm-hmm. maybe don't approach things with a desire to add kind of new elements into their process.
0: Uh, and the second writing phase is somewhat where we bring the show to a close with the cancellation of the French festivals that we were going to. And yeah, as we said, a lot of times, it's so been a lot of times, obviously, it's where we are right now. It's the state of the world. No performances, live performances uh, seem like they're going to be happening anytime soon. And so we have the opportunity at this point to say, let's put this on hold. Uh, we'll finish up the second version of the draft. But after that, we'll allow ourselves to take a, a mental break, an artistic break, and we'll work on other endeavors, uh, including this podcast itself. I mean, this podcast is... The result of us saying, let's find some other things to be interested in and excited about and to do creatively uh, as a as a break from what was a really tough process at the end. You know, at the end, before we, uh, before or around the time we made the discovery of, you know, just writing separately as three people uh, was not working out. I think it was an extraordinarily tough spot to be in and, and attempt to. Attempt to write something that felt worthwhile, or write something that felt uh, interesting for all of the reasons that we've listed in this episode of the podcast. So, if you're interested in where the show is right now, it's it's on a break, and eventually we'll probably pick it back up at some point. Mm-hmm. I I assume with one of those two two tactics or two forms or uh, I don't know what you call them, but the two methods that we mentioned either will. We'll write it all through together or we'll we'll give it to somebody and let them lead on it. But uh but we won't be returning to this to this show with the system that we tried to initially use. I mean that's the benefit of learning from the process. And I think that's yeah. Aries kinda of went over it already, but I do not in any way see the, the months we spent on this show as a waste just because it didn't end as, as cleanly as we thought it would. I put a lot of a lot of weights into understanding not only what you do like and not only what does work, but what doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the information that we got from this experience is completely invaluable, if nothing else, because someone will say, Hey, you want to write a show with the five of us all together? And I'll say no, uh, at least if they want to write it all separately, Yeah. All right. I mean, the, the point being, we, we, we kind of know what works now and what doesn't help the process in the future. And if, and when we do return to the show, I think it'll be more successful because of it and that alone is worth it. It's not just the end result, right? It's not just, well, did it work out how we thought it would the first time? No. Well, did we get to show it? Well, COVID, so no, it's a, it's a long process and it's a continuous process. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's one production and hopefully what for us will be long artistic careers. So the value that we get from knowing what doesn't work is just as, just as important, just as valuable as if it went completely our way, mm-hmm. uh, I think. So if I had to put a bow on it, I think I enjoyed this process. I would say, I'm glad I, I went through it and yeah, there, there's just certainly nothing else like it from my perspective. I've never done anything like this. Uh, and so it'll always be. Will always be a pretty important experience in my book because of it.
1: Yeah, I this was this was in in many many ways a really rewarding process. It was an opportunity for us to learn how each of us work a little bit more. It was an opportunity for us to understand more about ourselves and and what it means to take on projects that are new, uh, learn things that are unfamiliar and and be able to address when things are things that we are interested and passionate about pursuing and how to manage that, which I think is a really, really important thing that that most artists, especially young artists, don't take as much time to consider. How, how do we consider the endings of, of processes or the goals that we want to accomplish throughout the project as important as the product? And in a time when Our opportunity to deliver a product was changed so significantly from the way that we had intended it to be delivered at the Fringe Festivals. It makes sense that we still need to take more time to be able to figure out how it's changed. And we we talked about a bit last episode how even one of the the core pieces of conflict in the piece was this idea of this plague um, that we're using a bit more as a metaphor for... Some of the the stagnant poison that that does corrupt uh, individuals in our society. That metaphor is a bit complicated because we now have a a plague that we've only only read about something like this happening in history books. Right? We we, we couldn't have we couldn't have imagined that our lifetime would would deliver some somewhat of a. A modern crisis that would change that that metaphor into something that we didn't intend. So I I'm I'm glad to take a pause on it. I, I think I think were we not in three different states, I think that would make a big difference too. Working remotely on devising work is really challenging, and I do look forward to if we do pick it back up someday. I'm I'm still doing quite a bit of thinking about. You know what the design for this piece is going to look like and, and still researching what pieces we can throw in. And it's the show at the moment that right now is, is kind of sitting in a, in a room in the back of our minds, which I think is a good place to, to let it continue to be something that informs the way that we learn about our own process and how we want to work together in the future. And I love that. So you can find us at Imperium Podcast on Twitter. That's I-M-P-E-R-I-U-M Podcast. Give us your feedback. Are there things that you're interested in hearing about? Topics that you are interested in us discussing? We're excited to talk to you guys about this process further, if it's something that you're interested in. Uh, And we'd love to hear about projects that you're working on or challenges that you have encountered in the writing or discovery process.
0: All right. And with that, we'll bring the show to the close. We will be back next week talking about something.